Online Podcast 421. Hello, ladies and gentle whores. Welcome back to Online Podcast. It is a miracle that last week there was a show, and this week here's another show. Ah, but you know what it is? It's a super awesome because I haven't really had time to really s- sit down and record a show about Pride 48 because I had a great time there. There were so many things that I want to talk about, but because of the um, what is it the 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 energy that I picked up from Pride 48 that I've got so many ideas that it's just kind of bubbling up right now and to the point where I was actually having a conversation with. Uh, Uh, a podcasting friend. He's not a podcaster, but he's a listener. Uh, Turnip Head, welcome to online. Uh, hi, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So, uh, so you know, some some people may know you way back from like the old Archer time uh, during the podcast. What are we, allow- are we allowed to say that? Well, I don't know, but I just. Did. <laughs> But yes. Anyway, I was I, I used to do the gang. I used to gang bang a lot. Um, and and you can read into that whatever you want. Yeah, um, yeah. But I used to be on the gang bang a lot. And uh, have we have we ever had a, a a conversation together during that time? I don't think I don't, so. Right? No, no, no. I don't think you and I were ever on together. Hmm. Um, I think um, ironically, um, now maybe it's not even so much ironic, but um, it's funny enough that uh. I do participate on poking it with a stick every once in a while, and it seems like the same people that I I was on Archer with are there on on poking it with a stick. Mm. Well, do you listen to? Well, no, I shouldn't say that because I, I don't want to. Now you're gonna to... put me on the spot. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I was just thinking about uh, Lotzel. I fucking love Lotzel. Yeah. Um, available now on iTunes. Um, don't tell them I said that, though. <laughs> But you know the reason why I I don't listen to a lot of many podcasts. Uh, that's a given fact that people know about that. Right. It's just because I I don't have a lot of time. But right. uh, not to say that I don't want to explore and, and listen to new shows. But sometimes it's kind of like an investment, you know. Like you, you, the shows that you listen to, you feel so attached to, uh, mm-hmm. and so. When I was listening to this is Paul's podcast, uh, the current one, right? And he was talking about Lotso, and I haven't, I have not uh, really been exposed to the podcast. And I, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't listen to many different podcasts, so I didn't listen to Brenda Boo. Well, I started listening because I really, really like her, her oh, she's story. Just fucking and, adorable. I, I have to send you the video that I have of her in Vegas. Oh, where, where she's reading the back of the spunk lube. Ah. <laughs> oh my gosh! I know it's just, but I mean, I fell in love with her because of her voice yes. and what she would say. Like, I was like, "Who's this foul-mouthed woman with the cutest voice I've ever heard?" I know. I a few weeks ago, I recorded a show prior to Pride 48, and I said one of the One of the um, podcasters that I really wanted to meet is is actually her, and the reason is I've heard her voice so many times through mm-hmm. you know several different other podcasts, 
And so, so I felt like I I know her, and then I started listening to her, and she's she's awesome. You know, she 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 has her voice itself has so much character, and then she herself linked together with her actual character put together are perfect. I totally agree with you. Totally, totally, totally agree with you. Yeah, and, and no, guess- she's just. She's just a bundle of perfectness wrapped up with a little bit of she, a bow. She is what uh, uh, podcasting are made for, you know, like oh, totally, the, the totally. character, yeah. Well, that's the one thing I have to say about Lotso, um, if we can plug them for a sec. But, I mean, there's there's a dynamic between those personalities. There's so many things that are – that there's a commonality between those personalities that come together and why that show is good. But – that they all have a branch off into their own um, persona and and you get exposed to a wide buffet uh, of thought and process and idea and that's why I freaking love that. I mean, none of them work in the same industry, none of them have the same life experiences, yeah. and, but they're all have this commonality that um is that even a word and yeah. uh and and that brings them together that makes listening to their show i fun. i told i totally agree and that's also kind of like a a slice of pride 40 which is the reason why i love pride 40 totally. so much i i i was who's calling you do you no nobody's calling me but this is the music that i i it's joanna newsom do you know joanna newsom it's no. a singer she reminds me of brenda boo Just just that personality, the character in in that voice. I was thinking you were ordering palak paneer and some naan or something like that. <laughs> oh, but I I just uh, anyway. I, that... was, I was wondering if I needed to put on some like silk pajamas and dance around a tree. <laughs> but she's a, an awesome folk singer. I actually um, learned about her song through another podcaster too. But speaking of uh, podcasters, yeah. uh Last night we we were having an offline, just you know, regular, um, non, yeah, we were just chatting, yeah, and uh, I I really well, I got to know you. Let's talk about our relationship. I I met you last year at Pride Forty Eight, and last year, my impression about Pride Forty Eight last year was that uh, everybody was a little bit. I, well, at least for me, okay. My perception was that everybody has their own comfortable group that they they are sort of clinging to, because mm-hmm. it's the first year and nobody knows what to expect. And there was a very scary person in the room that I, they want to mention. Uh, oh my god! I need to know who that is. <laughs> so anyway, so I I uh, but but I was also very protective because what big fatty. Big fatty. Big fatty, yes. There were too <laughs> yeah. many strips of bacons everywhere. But yeah, I was no. I was also very protective of, of the bell. You know, she's right. there for the first well, she time. Was, she was very nervous. I remember remember when I ran into you as we were walking down that long hallway? Yes, yes. Towards the elevator? Yep. I thought she was going to pee her pants <laughs> because she was so scared that you were talking to somebody. <laughs> no, she was like clinging on to me. Yeah. But this year is a huge difference. Like, it's very different now. She's more comfortable. I am more comfortable. I spend a few extra days to be with the other podcasters I went earlier. 
And and I think people also are a little bit more comfortable now to open up and let other groups coming into their group. And I really, when I was there alone, I didn't really have a group. And that is very, um, you very... totally had the group. You totally had a group. Who? They were cleaning staff. What? Nothing. Never mind. That was a bad <laughs> racist joke. <laughs> uh, but I, so I, I felt like I. Uh, podcasting is obviously you know, a lot, I don't know if you've heard this before, but for, as a podcaster, a content provider, that that people sometimes feel like you know it's very clicky, you know, like there's a certain well, group. Um, oh, totally. And I mean, that happens with any. Uh, and anything. I hate to use this term, celebrity status. Yeah. Because you, um, you're not there in absentia. You have an intimate relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm listening to you and Debell, mm-hmm. it's just the three of us. When right. I'm listening to Big Fatty, it's just the two of us. When I'm listening to Lotzel, it's just the six, seven, eight, nine, ten of us, whoever's on the show. Like, it's a moment where you are completely locked out of everything else that's going on around you. I mean, I only listen to podcasts when I'm going out and doing stuff. So when I'm walking to the store, when I was going to work and sitting on the subway and, and all that kind of stuff, that's when I listened to podcasts. And it was like listening in on a conversation. Intimate. is, And it was intimate. And it was, I was completely oblivious to everything around me. And so what that does is it develops a a bond and a a need to, well, I don't know if it's so much a need, but you, you don't know how else to express that. But then when you meet that person, that person is the personification of what goes on in your head, how you imagine them. Mm-hmm. Because interpretation speaks louder than anything else, right? Wait, what, what I'm trying to say is the like right. podcasters sometimes feel like they are either left out or they're part of that group or they are not um, for, for podcasters. And, and there are many reasons that cause that, but... I that's my my biggest thing is as Pride Forty Eight is growing larger. That is what we I personally would like to try to avoid is if you know if you if you go to a function or an event at Pride Forty Eight and you are a small podcaster that you maybe have fifty listeners or twenty listeners and you go there and nobody knows about you. That I think that is something that we we need to address and also. That's why when I was there, I wanted to focus on the fellowship, the relationship between between podcasters and podcasters and listeners, exploring new shows and so forth. Because I think that's very crucial for for us to build that that relationship uh, and not alienating those people who are starting new. Because you know, people there, I go there, and there are people. I, I'm a little bit different because you know I'm old fart and I've been here for a while. Even if you don't listen to my show, you may know the name from different podcasts, but. Uh, God, you're older than dirt. <laughs> Oldest in podcasting years. And yeah, 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 yeah. And so I, I and think, fat. huh? And fat. Yeah, and fat too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some some days plumper than others, but yeah. <laughs> and so no, I know I totally agree with what you're saying, but I have to say I think with this year, yeah. There was a camaraderie, and this is um, goes to speak to what I said at the end. Um, 
I, I, I kind of became overwhelmed in the closing show and I didn't finish my thought, but, um, and I said, this, you have a platform, uh, a small one, nonetheless, but a platform. <laughs> right. Right. But I, you know, I, I remember the first year it happened. Mm-hmm. I remember that first year where everybody was, you know, piping into the live stream from all over the world. And uh, Short Bus and I were glued to the computer. It was running 24-7, and we were listening, and we listened to podcasts we hadn't heard before. But, you know, we were so enthralled with this idea and the motivation and the passion that these people had that we just couldn't tear ourselves away. And then it happened again the next year. And we, when it was over, we were like, oh, now what do we do? Because you had all this energy. And it's like, and, and that's kind of what I really wanted to say at the closing show is that you've come together. You are sitting in your living room on the computer, but you have been in the chat room and you've been listening to all this. You're still part of it. And it, it's not really much different other than the physical touch um, of being in the broadcast suite. But take that energy. Take that energy with you every single day and make a difference. And enjoy it. And let it build you up. And I think I, regardless of how many people have um, been a listener to your show, those people that showed up and it was... Some, what a couple people this was their first ever live show this was their first ever podcast mm-hmm. and they got into it i have to say fucking brilliant absolutely fucking brilliant <laughs> well that's awesome i mean i i that that's the whole point plus i think that the main thing for me that i i really took from pride 48 this year specifically is um, a few things I want to talk about um, how introverts get to have a voice. You know, that's one thing that I want to talk about. I'll talk about that sometime in the future by myself. But one other thing is the relationship and the fellowship of podcasters, podcasters between between podcasters or podcasters and uh, listeners. And today I want to focus on the listener part. Remember I was doing the interstitial interview. I don't I forgot which show. I think it was between... I'm glad I forgot you were what it was. Attention. Huh? What? I'm glad you were paying attention. <laughs> well, I was doing that, and I, I was talking to people, but my focus then was I was just pulling all the, the listeners who are not... Why do I hear echo? I'm I'm, I'm hearing echo! <laughs> but uh, let me continue. Did you tip your ears? Huh? Did you clean out your ears? <laughs> I got to put a little... Light up that, light that up. little match oh, to burn now, my ear now I'm hearing it. Do you hear? Do you hear it too? Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe I should pause and reconnect. Okay, let's try. Okay, I'm gonna okay, pause. I'm gonna you guys won't you guys know. know. So, okay. Um, right, yeah. Okay, we're back, and I want to talk specifically about listeners during the interstitials. I I did a section talking to listeners only because I feel like that is a big part at least for us podcasters, right? That is a big chunk. That's the other half of podcasting. Uh, if, if we do all the podcast and we tell our stories and there's no listener out there, it, whether or not they write to you or talk to you, they, they fulfill the, the other half of podcasting. So 
that's why today I want to talk about listeners specifically, and even more specifically about uh, Lord Byron, uh, whose birthday is today, as we're recording this on on Sunday, October seventh, and it's his birthday. And during our conversation last night, a few things came up, and I personally. Do not know him very well, but I do know him as a very important figure, uh, in especially in Pride Forty Eight and in many podcasters' uh, circle. So, you know him a lot better than I do, and so I'm inviting you up here today to tell us about Lord Byron, and maybe even in general, listeners, a podcast. Um. Oh God. Now, see, I I really don't know what to say about that because he was Lord Byron. I knew. I first heard about Lord Byron. Uh, I believe it was from um, the podcast that shall not be named. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and and um, I mean that. Paul is really uh, responsible for the demise, the demise of my life, and getting involved in Pride Forty Eight, and it's you know all been downhill from there. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, Lord Byron and I became friends on Twitter, and at first it was the whole, um, you know, I have a, a, a special list for those people that are important to me, my potters, and 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 there's you know a couple people that are don't podcast but uh are are close enough to me that i want to see what they twit Mm -hmm. and really um that's the uh the 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 feed that i i I read how do you how do you know about him i mean through that podcast but how like was how did i find who archer no um lord Lord byron Byron? um because he would comment all the time Mm -hmm. on archer's show yeah and I was like, who is this guy? Because he sounds really, really cool. And then um, Arthur from Amarin's would talk about him. And I'm like, I this guy sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. And um, then it was quite a while ago, he posted something about his health. And I, you know, I just sent him a quick message and said... Uh, I'm thinking about you, and I'm going to send you as much positive energy as I can, and let me know how it goes. And that's, I think that was the first step for us to bond, Mm -hmm. or to connect. We didn't really bond until I ended up in the hospital. Mm. And then it seemed like I was in the hospital one week, and then he was in the hospital the next week, and then... um, you know, we uh, this this was not out there on in on the public Twitter sphere. Um, it was um, you know private messages, but mm-hmm. we were sending pictures back and forth of who had the sexier um, hospital gown or or what what uh, you know breakfast looked like, what uh, lunch looked like, and what our honest opinion was about it, and and what our nurses were like, and who had the most IVs and you know, how hard it was to get up to go to the bathroom, what you had to unhook, what you had to, you know, drag with you kind of thing. What can you, what can you tell us, uh, like help us, uh, me and some of my listeners who may not have much um, knowledge or experience about, you know, or, 
or understanding about Lord Byron and yourself about your health. It, when give us a perspective of when that was, like what year or or how many months ago? How many? Um, I really wasn't aware that his health had had gone bad until mine did. Like that's, I think it was like he and I had connected. Mm-hmm. And then I hadn't heard anything about his health being bad. So then I thought, oh, everything's good. Mm-hmm. Until I ended up in the hospital. Which was when? Um, April of 2011. Okay. Um, and then, you know, I was getting messages from him every day. And I I really, he was still a stranger to me. Mm-hmm. But... He knew the right things to say, and he and 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 we connected. Um, and he was a genuine, honest man that wanted to put. Uh, no, he wanted to um, push me forward and 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 build me up, regardless of what he was doing or what was going on with him. Mm. How. How much of your your health? Um, well, you you can tell us as much as you want to. Um, how how much of that became the catalyst of your connection? Like uh, how how did that happen? Can you go into more in depth telling us? Well, we we neither one of like we don't have the same. It did not have the same condition at all. Mm-hmm. But. Regardless of where what your condition is, when you end up in the hospital, there's you know a commonality, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of, um, and, and you're you're dealing with the same things. You 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 got tubes in your arms, uh, you've got that, that stupid gown on, you've got an uncomfortable bed, you've got annoying nurses that are waking you up every two hours to take your vitals. I mean, there's things that you can bond on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like summer camp. It doesn't matter really where you come from, but you're all eating the same peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, did he but, reach out it, to you? Did he reach out to you when he found out that you you were admitted to the hospital? And how, how did he find out and all that? I don't. I, well, I tweeted about it a little bit, but mm-hmm. I don't know if he. I don't know so much how to take. Did he reach out to me? I think he just sent me messages to help keep my spirits up. Mm-hmm. And do you already know that he was uh, struggling with his own health? No. See, at that time, I thought he was on... Already better. On, on the mend. Like, I thought okay. he was... But you did know before. that he was sick before. Yes. Okay. And then it wasn't until, I would say, probably start of this year. Uh-huh. That I know, I knew that it got worse. Hmm. So, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, he was, he was going for treatment once, well, no, he would talk about going for treatment at least once a week. And I was in the ER almost once every two weeks. Hmm. So... We were we were messaging back and forth and just trying to keep things you know positive, boost each other up. What 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 were your um, emotions? Your what you're experiencing at that time when you were going to the ER every other week? And well, that's kind of ironic because um, 
People have a hard time uh, dealing with how I deal with it. <laughs> wait, wait. People have a hard time of how you deal with it. Yeah. Okay, uh, tell, do tell. That's interesting. Okay. Um, my mother flies off the fucking handle and turns into a basket case, and she's yelling and screaming and thinks the world is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I need around me. Mm. I need people who are calm, cool, collected... And supportive. Yeah. You don't want to be, have to be worrying about the people around you who are worrying I, about you. Exactly. Okay. I don't need to calm somebody else the fuck down when my heartbeat is at 300 beats per minute and I'm in excruciating pain. Mm-hmm. Like, don't exacerbate my situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, that's why I, I have completely pushed my mother away. And said, no, you're not getting on a plane. No, I don't want you here. And if you were to show up, I'd have security remove you. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, Dave, who you met at Pride 48, mm-hmm. he shows up at 4 o'clock in the morning if that's when I end up in the ER. And he's just there mm-hmm. to make sure I'm comfortable, hold my hand, and he's just calm and cool. What what can I do for you? Mm. You know, the we, support. we talk, we just talk about it after. Go ahead, sorry. I said just be the support. Yeah, we talk about it after, and I and he, he you know confesses to me that he's scared shitless, um, but he knows that him being scared shitless isn't going to help mm-hmm. either one of us. Right. So you know he steps up to the plate. I, I, he, he's my rock, and I, actually he's my. When when that happens, I mean, he's my hard place to lean and my soft place to fall. Mm. Um, because being in the ER, and I mean, I, it's scary. It is fucking scary. Because, you know, they give me drugs and they shock my heart. I may never wake up. Are you awake when they do that? Uh, I have been a few times. Um, it's gotten to the point where, um, my, um, heart rhythm has gotten so bad that they can't wait for the drugs to kick in. Mm -hmm. They try and give me drugs. Um, but they either will, um, affect my blood pressure and, or, um, I have gone into, um, a dangerous rhythm, uh, even more dangerous rhythm, I should say. And they've had to shock me while I'm awake. I've had my device go off. Um, what do you mean device go off? I have an implant. I have a, what's called an intercardioverter. What is it? So it's, it's a pacemaker, but Mm -hmm. it also, it's a pacemaker in the traditional sense that it's your internal paddles that, that, you know, when you see somebody having a heart attack in the, on ER, when they would go clear and then shock them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have an internal device that does that, Mm -hmm. but I also have. It, this it, it, it it's like you know 2.0 it has an extra wire that um will tweet <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. i didn't hear what you said Say i said we'll, i said will tweet yeah it has an extra wire that uh because the nerves on my left ventricle which is your biggest chamber in your heart that pumps all the blood out to your body mm-hmm the nerves that get the electric signal that are sending, telling the muscle to flex, my nerves are dead. Mm. So I have an extra wire to make up for those. So I'm constantly getting a shock. Mm. 
Um, and I know I don't feel it. People always say, oh, my God, do you feel it? No, you don't feel your heartbeat. So, mm. I, you know, I don't right. feel mine. Um, and it's constantly given that extra little jolt that I need to, you know, make my heart flex. Right. Um, but if it, if it goes out of, like, you know, if it's beating too fast or whatever, it will, it will give you, a, like, an, it will notify you. It will... Well, if it goes too fast and the bottom chambers of your heart uh-huh. um, fuck up, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. um, that's when I'll get shocked. But my condition oh, my condition is more in the upper chamber. So what happens is my upper chambers will beat at 300 beats a minute and the bottom will slow down to like 20 beats a minute. Oh. Um, and it's not even really a beat. The top part is not really even a beat. It's just a flutter. It's called a flutter mm. or fibrillation. So I'm not getting uh, a full flex. It's um, just twitching. And it's extremely painful because your heart's built to, to work in the sink. And it's not synchronized. So that's a pain when you talk about the pain. Is that That is the pain, right? Oh my God! It's yeah. It's Can you horrible. please uh, describe, even if you would, as much as you know how to, that I can relate? What is that pain like? It's like putting a knife in your chest. Wow, is it like a muscular kind of pain, like deep, deep inside? Imagine, imagine. Okay, maybe not so much a knife, but imagine a. Imagine a spike going through the middle of your chest, through your sternum, into your heart, mm. all the way to the back. But then it springs out fingers. So there's like eight fingers of, you know, whatever. Mm. And then pulling it back out. Oh, wow. And and it, does it come in wave or does it just like, when it comes, it just <laughs> is constant? It, de- it depends on how, it depends on how long it lasts. How long, how long um, has it lasted? The well, the, I mean, the worst has been, you know, 48 hours. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's when they finally decided we can't... Because they, they want to try and do it with medicine. Mm. Um, and we've learned that I can't be chemically what's called cardioverted. Um, I need to be electrically cardioverted. Um, but... I've gone through that for 48 hours, but it's been on and off. Like, it subsides a little bit, and you get to catch your breath, and then it hits. And I I guess that's the clearest way to try and explain it. Yeah, that's good. I, it, I think it, I... It's horrible. It's horrible. Um, also, how... When was the first time that, you know, that triggered you to think that, oh, my gosh, something is wrong? Did you Did you always have heart issues or is well no looking back things are a little bit different but um short bus got me running and i was really enjoying running Mm -hmm. but i noticed that i was like constantly out of breath like i would have a hard time catching my breath Mm -hmm. or keeping up and my chest would feel tight so i was diagnosed with sports related asthma Uh and i had been treated for that for quite a while but then uh he went to new york for fashion week I think it was New York for Fashion Week, and um, I was staying at his place and using the gym, 
And I ran an awesome 5K on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. And I was down to my, my goal weight. And I, when I say my goal weight, I mean, I knew how much was muscle and I knew how much was fat. And I got rid of the fat that I didn't want. Mm-hmm. And I felt good about myself. I felt I was sleeping good. I felt good. And the next morning I woke up and I felt like crap. And I got really, really sick. Um, I think I even did a poking it with a stick episode mm-hmm. where I could barely talk or I was constantly coughing. And that was the, the heart failure. And I had been in heart failure, congestive heart failure, for a week. And I had put on 80 pounds of fluid. Wow. And um, basically my heart was just not keeping up. I, I would choke if I, if I laid down. Like I had to like sleep sitting up. I had no idea what was going on mm. until I finally, like then, then the full-on pain started. And I'm like, I need to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. And, and oh, I'm hearing the damn echo again. Okay. Okay. I guess it's free, so we shouldn't complain too much. Um, but according to Dr. Stone, it's not free. Yeah, that's right. I did remember re- reading, I mean, listening to that episode. Um. So now, now tell me how uh, the the fear part of your experience. Well, see, this is where people freak out because I don't. Uh, my attitude now is it is what it is, mm-hmm. and we're going to deal with it. And you know, we can't. We can we can adapt to the outcome or we can adapt to the situation, but there's not much else that we can do. So why spend my I, I don't see why I would want to spend my energy mm-hmm. in um, worrying about the what ifs, could ofs and, and should ofs. Why don't I just focus on what's going on right now? Now there's some things I just don't have control over. So I'm not going to try and control that. I'm just going to go with the flow. And it's not that I don't want to get better. It's not that I'm not working hard to get better. It's these are the limitations I have right now. And that's just the way it is. Okay. What, what other things that you can do to get better? Um, well, we I, I've been started on a... Um, uh, uh, <laughs> Ironically, it sounds funny, but it's a, like a physiotherapy program for my heart. Mm-hmm. So I have to, I have to actually, you know, try and stress my heart twice a day for ten minutes. Okay. But then I have to let it rest the rest of the time. So you know, I've got ten minutes twice a day of some intense activity to get it to a certain point, and then I need to let it recover for the rest of the time. So. You know, there's my excitement, you know, 20 minutes a day, and then I have to be a, a bump on the log. But, mm. I mean, that's going to get slowly built up. And it's just kind of like how anybody, you know, who's had a cast on their legs slowly starts to work that muscle again. Mm-hmm. The heart is a muscle, so I, I just have to train it like any other part. Does it's, it, just, it's just a little bit more vital. Does your experience 
change anything and any of your, the outlook, your outlook on life? Um, does it change anything, your experience? Yes, it has. But the I funny thing about that is I don't really remember what my outlook used to be like. Hmm. Um, the one thing that scares me, I, I don't... I think the thing that still scares me is leaving things undone. Okay. Um, and I also, you know, there's things that, that mean a lot to me that... Um, I would hate to miss out on. Mm -hmm. um, Do you have one example? Pride 48. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, I don't have just one example. I can't. Uh -huh. um, I, I, I would miss... Um, I would miss Dave. Um, miss out on the time that we have together because, you know, he's really enriched my life in the last year. Um, I would miss out on spending time with my sister because her and I really bond bonded as we, you know, became adults. Mm -hmm. um, those those things upset me. But then I, you know, am I really going to care when I'm dead? Um, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> but um, it it. it it has made me understand that there are things that you just don't need to stress out about. Yeah. I know. I, you know what I just said was extremely morbid and sad and, and, and that's not my outlook. Well, but. but I think, I think there's, if I may interject even, you know, from, from my standpoint is I, I think, I don't know about the, I, I've been wanting to talk about this, multiple times on my show and I just don't know how to get about doing go about doing it is there are things um, that I don't know whether whether it's our culture or what that we avoid talking about mm -hmm. I think there are things that needed to be talked about and discussed openly when when everybody agrees to do so I think there's so much to be learned and sometimes just to be um to serve as a reminder for other people because we're so busy with our own lives that we forgot to think what is important. And, mm -hmm. and in, with the different perspectives, sometimes that will remind ourselves to focus more on the real important stuff rather than, you know, I'm pissed off that somebody cut me off on the highway and stuff like that. Oh, no, I yeah, I totally agree with you because, like, okay, so, you know, and, someone and cuts again, you well, off, look, what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. You can't undo it. And sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but what I'm trying to say oh. is like the the fact that it may sound morbid, we talk about death and we talk about all that, that that really is reality. You know, we cannot change that whether or not we talk about it. Uh, oh, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we obviously don't want to to dwell in the 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 fear or the possible sadness that hasn't even come that to the point where it paralyzes your life, but mm -hmm. I think it's something that needed to be discussed and talked about. That's well, my for you. I think it's naive for us to celebrate birth, but not celebrate life. I the mean, life, yeah, and to take comfort in that when somebody passes away. Mm -hmm. I'm, I've lost. I just lost um, my best friend, a very good close friend, and I, I would almost call. I would call him family. 
Um, and it happened quite suddenly, just before Pride 48. And, but I'm not, I'm, I'm sad that we aren't going to get those quiet moments together where we can, you know, huddle in the corner and have a good talk <laughs> and, and, and connect. Um, but I'm happy that I was touched by him and that he was a part of my life and he enriched my life. And I'm going to celebrate that. Yeah, well, I I do agree that people feel like when they celebrate people's life, they are not that it's almost like a sign of your you you are using that celebration and <laughs> you, no, you're celebrating and therefore you you're taking too much time to celebrate and not mourn and not show the grief and that somehow in in people's mind show more love than celebrating somebody some people's life, you know. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, or, you know, I, well, no, I totally agree with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I understand what you're saying. I think that's just not, I, I don't think it's a healthy thing to, no, to yeah, explore. No, I agree. Because, you know, it's, it's inevitable. When you bring a life into this world, that life is going to leave, whether you're still around or not when it happens. But, it's a progression of, of, of us. Mm -hmm. There's no way around it. There's no avoiding it. Um, you know, Michael Jackson tried and he didn't even make it. So <laughs> <laughs> I know too soon, but I mean, <laughs> so, you know, why would you want to make it? Why are we fueling the fire to make it bad? Yeah. That that that's that's the one thing you know. Sometimes I think about you know you might call that I'm morbid sometimes, even though I'm very positive typically, uh, mm -hmm. which I I don't think so. I think I'm positive. I do think about what people think that is morbid stuff, but I think it's necessary. I, I sometimes think about my own death. <laughs> I know it sounds so horrible. Mm -hmm. I think about what happens what my death may cause other people and I'm trying to sometimes to lessen some unnecessary um, unfinished business for other people. Yeah. I know people are going to to be sad when I'm gone mm -hmm. and I just want to lessen all the burden and all the little things that, that could have been done by me prior to my death if mm -hmm. I were to think about it prior to it happening. It's, you know. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I totally get that. See, that yeah, that is the one thing that's kind of, you know, a huge drawback is like when grandma dies and she's living in a house by herself, then you have to go through the house and it's the house that your parent, you, you know, your mom grew up in and, and you were there all the summers and yada, yada, yada. And it's memories. And, you know, that's great. And that's fine, but they're memories. It's not now, and they've built you up to who you are now. Um, and I'm sure Grandma didn't want to leave you with the dirty dishes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, take it for what it is. But so I mean, I mean, I agree with you. I, 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 I see that. You know, I don't want to burden my friends, mm -hmm. but. 
it's you don't know when it's gonna happen. So yeah. you can only do you can only do so much. But you know, I try to do as exactly. much as possible so I don't have that extra burden because I know there's already stuff that I need to take care of. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to change gear a little bit. Okay, and, change it. Let's, and and yeah. I want to talk about how you and and podcasting um, may have affected and impact your life, and how also getting to know Lord Byron serve. I know I, I want a little bit more detail about how you found him to be. Uh, a support for you while you were going through your own health care. First the podcasting, then Lord Byron. Well, uh, God, that's, that's, that's just all separate show about itself. I, <laughs> <laughs> I might need a cocktail. Uh, <laughs> um, no, like it's hmm, podcasting. Like, like we talked about before, it has developed a family mm-hmm. um, because, you know, as much as I'm just a listener, and I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm any lesser of right. a participant by being a listener, but just being a listener and contributing in one way, shape, form, or another, I've developed a bond because Turniphead is a persona as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like Ding or it's like Big Fatty or, it, it, you know, like uh, now that I have to think about somebody else that has a name. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I'm really just trying to get us on the front of Big Fatty show. You, know? <laughs> you might actually make it with bacon strips. Well, I was like, we, yeah, we talked about bacon strips, and we talked about Big Fatty, and I'm going to say, I'm going to eat a big piece of bread right now with butter on it and load up my carbs. You know how, how, how do I, I've never really thought, <laughs> you know how, if I want to be on uh, Big, Big Fatty. Fatty show, yeah. I'll just say this, I don't listen to Big Fatty. <laughs> I, you know, I pick up episodes every now and then here and there, but I don't subscribe to it. That's hopefully will make it into. Now I'm gonna have to tune yeah. in every week to see if it made it in. <laughs> yeah. Now, now you really have to listen to make sure that you. But um. But anyway, go ahead. No, you you you've created a bond, right? And it's a family. See, what's impressed me uh, is that these people have chosen to take an interest in my life. And I've chosen to take an interest in their life. Mm-hmm. And we've shared back and forth what we want to share with each other. <laughs> Excuse me. And sometimes we share the stuff that we even, you know, don't enjoy dealing with. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what family is about. That's what support is about. That's what making this world a better place is about yeah and uh, to me frankly that what that is what podcasting is all about that's why podcasting is not radio uh it is very two the 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 whole the relationship is very mutual it goes back and forth i I, I agree with you it's a definitely a two-way thing but that goes back to the excuse me the comment that i made earlier about when i'm 
out there walking to the grocery store or sitting on the bus. It's just you and me mm-hmm. at that moment while I'm listening. And then, you know, I come back and I can log on to the website and I can leave that comment um, and interact with those things. Or, you know, you, you hear two uh, uh, episodes later, well, Turnip had, you know, called in and or he wrote this and, and messaged and it could spark a conversation. I get to take part in that. Mm-hmm. And it's a two-way street. Um, but, you know, it's also... A, you know, for me, it's a message every once in a while out of the blue moon. Hey, I'm thinking about you. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. Because that person has chosen to take an interest in me just as much as I've enjoyed what they've put out there and chosen to continue and, you know, take an interest in them. Do you, Do you uh, oh gosh, it damn echo. Hang on. So now what I want what I want you to uh go back into talking about is is I, I wanna wrap this up with Lord Byron in our thoughts okay, again. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Because I frankly I personally do not know him and I I want to hear more because I know how much he's touched people and and I don't need to like get the whole world telling me who Lord Byron is, but because right, you right. know him a little bit more than I do Right. Tell me how he. Uh, wh- what what is your? How do you s- capsulize who Lord Byron uh, was, and because we all, you know, like I said, I think about morbid things, like you know, I want to do things so that people don't, you know, get ex- additional burden and all that when I die. I also sometimes think, what is my legacy? You know what. What hap- What do I want to leave this world when I'm gone? So, what is that legacy for, for Lord Byron, for you? Oh wow! Um, what he's left me with is a desire to follow in his footsteps and be selfless and supportive. Unconditionally. But, you know, it... I don't know if he... What bothers me is something that Big Fatty touched on. (laughs) No, this is not (laughs) another uh, attempt at getting (laughs) on the front of the show. (laughs) The little show. But he's like, don't wait until it's too late. Um, I don't know if I told him enough that um, he he kept me going and, you know, kept my spirits up. He always, always put himself second and put you first. And I noticed that, like, even when, you know, he twit about somebody or, you know, his at twit replies or whatever that person was his focus and that person was what's important to him. And he never asked for anything. He never asked for anything at all from anyone. How did you pick that up? I mean, his selflessness, 
Because when we were in the hospital together, apart, together apart, <laughs> um, it was always, how are you doing today? And if I would ask him, how's it going there? What's going on? What was for breakfast? He'd answer what was for breakfast. He wouldn't tell me how he was doing. He wanted to make it about me and how to build me up. Mm. He didn't seek anything. I mean, his joy, I'm getting a little teary. <laughs> that will get into Big Fatty's show. Yeah, now Nessa's going to be happy. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Nessa listens. <laughs> she might listen to Ding the Velvet on this one. This one's too serious I, for no, too no, many no. people. That bitch, she's going to be listening to this show because I'm going to tell her I'm Oh, yeah, it. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, he, he never wanted anything from anyone. He just wanted to give. That's that's I mean that's amazing and 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 recorded this show on his birthday. Yeah, oh um, totally. I I think it's pretty. I, I mean, we didn't obviously didn't plan this. I mean, we just it just oh, came no, out. It was well, it was a, a, a idea over drinking, but I was doing all the drinking for the both of us. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, uh, and and so yeah, and I I. I Thanks for sharing the story because I think, like I told you last night, there are so many stories to be told out there, and from from a listener, from listeners like you, you both, you know, Lord Byron, and and you both were listeners of of podcasting, and and I think sometimes some of those stories that went underneath, uh, well, after you know, while you're listening to the show never really get shared. And I think that this is a, definitely one of the most inspiring and and beautiful stories that needed to be shared. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I, I want to thank you for sharing that with with us, with me and my listeners. Well, um, I, I thanks for the opportunity. Um, I'm always on, I don't like talking about myself and you know that. You told but... me, yes. Um, I, I do appreciate the opportunity to, you know, chat with you. Yeah. Uh, I've had to keep reminding myself that this is just a conversation about you and I, um, on the phone. We're just talking and I, yes. I, I'm not trying to think about the listeners or sorry, listeners, but, <laughs> but it's just, yeah. Yeah, no, that that's true, and and I think you did amazingly, um, and I'm glad that that's that's the focus that you're thinking about it because it frankly is, you know, we sometimes talk about interviews and so forth. It really is a conversation. It's a conversation. Yeah. I call it interviews sometimes because I'm very, I'm a busybody. I want to dig. I want to know what's inside. Well, I have to say, I think our conversation last night would have been fun to record. I think so too. I thought so too. I thought so too. That's why that's why those uh, group shows sometimes can be so fun. Is because when you start talking and you kind of forgot about your recording and you just went on and you just enjoyed the moment, and he just got disconnected. Let me see if we can come back. Oh my gosh, he's offline. So, uh, what something's like? Am I offline? Let me see if I can. Uh, uh, you've lost internet connectivity. Okay, let me pause. 
What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> I was going to say, did the ghosts get you? <laughs> no! We never even talked about ghosts. No, that would be another episode, okay? That would be some okay. other time. You know, you are right. always welcome because, uh, you know, there are so many things that we get to talk about. And frankly, though, that's, I, I do want to wrap this up by saying the whole, uh, uh, what I've learned from Pride 48 is, is precisely that, that, you know, why, why wait? We know when we're there in Vegas that, we we have things that we can talk about, things in common, and I really appreciate getting to know you. So I wait until next Pride 48. Why can't we do that all the time? Which is precisely what you mentioned, and I think uh, Big Fetty also mentioned when we were there. Is just don't wait. Just do it. And it's easy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It's, yeah. You know, I'm like, don't... It's... Uh, one... One of the things, like, uh, how do I put this? Big Fatty and I used to have a conversation about him doing something. Mm-hmm. And seemingly, I don't know if this is okay that I'm sharing this, but he was hesitant now. about moving forward with something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just fucking do it already. And and then, you know, he did it. And he was like, I don't know what I was waiting for. I wasted so much time. And, you know, it's what the hell was I thinking? And I'm like, you know, um, we just have to live in the moment. And if you want to jump off a building with a parachute right now, then go out there, strap on that parachute and jump off that building. You know, uh, do it. Stop. Um, one of the best things I ever learned as a kid Mm-hmm is a quote from Antimate. Life is a banquet and most poor suckers are starving to get death. Pull up a fucking chair and eat. I can do that. But we need to live, live, live. No, I do. And, I do believe. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen, but just live. Exactly. So, but and thank you for that piece of advice. And uh, I want to thank again the memory of Lord Byron and his legacy and Turnip Head for sharing that story, uh, your story, his story, and how you guys connected. And uh, online podcast sometimes is boring because we talk about serious stuff. It's not boring at all. Anyway, uh, come back and listen um, uh, anytime you want to onlinepodcast.com and don't forget to smile, bitches. <laughs>